let's, let's, let's dive into the Word of God. I started last week talking on victorious living, victorious living, and how important it is for us if we are going to continue this journey, the Christianity of serving the Lord and being faithful to God and moving forward, we have to understand that we need to have a victorious life within. You know, that before we go anything within the outside, that sometimes that one of the greatest victories that we must overcome, one of the various victories that we have to um, uh, uh, overcome in, in everything is sometimes it's ourself. You know what I mean? There's a lot of obstacles on the outside, but sometimes one of the main obstacles, one of the main things that the big struggle in life sometimes is our within. within. And when we learn to understand that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world, that we can find the greatness, we can find the strength, we can find the possibilities to go forward if we allow ourselves and we position ourselves in a proper placement and allow the Spirit of the Lord, allow God to, to speak to us and to challenge us because we need to understand that if we are going to have victory and, and live our life in a victorious lifestyle, that we need to understand that we need to allow Him, the Lord, Jesus Christ into our life and to guide us in the right direction that we that think is best for us. Amen. And how many know the Lord knows best for us than we know ourselves? How many times have you got yourself in trouble because you thought that was the right thing to do when it was nothing to do? You never asked God. You never prayed to the Lord. You just did it because you thought it felt good. And then at the end of the day, you got, you, you got yourself in trouble. Anybody been there? And I'm not talking to anybody this morning. I want to talk to you for a few moments on this topic about and continue what I started last Sunday and I'll finish it up this morning about low self-image, victory over low self-image. I believe this is one of the most important in our life when we understand about self-image. I, I share that many of us have two faces or, or, or an image, the image that we try to present to others in a secret image or private picture of ourselves. Let me give you an idea of what I'm talking about. You come to church on a Sunday morning and the people you see, the exterior of you. They see the outside, they look what, they're smiling, the, the, you know, the, the, they see the, the, the good times and oh you no, know, you, everything seems to appear great and everything looks wonderful. But inwardly you might be thinking something like, well, I, I'm not smart enough, I'm stupid, I'm ugly, or, or I stink as a father or a mother, or, or, or you know, no one loves me. I wish, I wish I were different. I'm not a good Christian. God could not want anything to do with me. And that's, that's sometimes the struggles that we face. And the truth of the matter is that deep down inside of you, despise yourself. Or at least some part of yourself. And when you feel that way about yourself, it has a dramatic effect on your life. And the lives of the people who are closest to you. What I want you to, what I want you to do is to help you or to help us to see and to have victory over a low self-image. By getting some instructions from God. When we allow God to speak to us because if we don't feel victorious within ourselves, we're going to have a hard time being victorious on the outside. 
we're going to struggle in life because sometimes that image that what that image of ourselves has a way of bombarding our thoughts, bombarding our life and, and making us think that you ain't good enough, you're not valuable enough. And you know what? And, and that's what the devil wants you to believe, that you don't qualify, that you look at your lifestyle, look where you come from, look where you've been. But how many of you know that if you're a child of a living God, yesterday's gone and you're a new creation today, you're washed by the blood of Jesus Christ and you're a new creature in the name of the Lord this morning. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. What matters right now is that right now forward, you're serving the living God, worshiping Jesus. That's what matters the most. Let me talk to you about the danger of distorted mirrors. And let me just give me around five minutes just to recap, and we'll start where we left off. The danger of distorted mirrors. I mentioned last week if I had a mirror here in my hand and, and when I look at it, I see certain things. And what I see is dependent upon what preconceived motions I have about what is and what is not of worth. The problem I found is that people might have an unrealistic view of what they look like or how smart or how successful they are, but they have a distorted view of the value of those things. In other words, most people have the wrong perception of what is and what is not of value, leading them to devalue themselves because they do not meet the faulty expectations they have for themselves. You know what? Sometimes if you don't value yourself, you don't see yourself as an important, you know, what happened? You start devaluing your value lower and lower. Let's consider some of the false mirrors, perceptions that many of us hold. First of all, the, the, the appearance mirror. My value depends on how I look. You know, many years ago, even today, there's, there are all kinds of shows and TV shows about, about you know, what about, you know, how we look and, and, and cosmetic and plastic surgeries, you know, and they're all kinds of shows because what happened, they're trying to become something or look like something that, you know, you know and nothing against surgery if you need it, it is a medical something, but, but a lot of people are trying to fit in in a place that really is not where they should be. And they spend $20,000 or more. And you know what? And they try to do that. Now, if you ever watch interviews with many of those people who have surgeries, they will always talk about what a boost it gives them of their self-image. You know, it makes you look great, make you look good. And you know what? And, and, and rightfully so. But, but there's one problem. It doesn't, it doesn't always last. It doesn't last. Because they're basing their self-worth on a false perception of what is value. Are you with me so far? The fact of the matter is, is, is not, everyone, not everyone is beautiful. And, and everyone doesn't have a perfect body. I've, you know, how I many of that is true? Nobody is the perfect. The only, even Barbie is not perfect. If Barbie was a real person, we've been told that if Barbie really existed today as a real person, she would not be able to stand. 
That is true. I've heard that. And they say that if, if that was a real person, because the, the, the curse that she has and everything is, is not realistic. The good news is that this should not and, and does not determine our worth by, by how people think we look. You know what? Because we depend on what people think of us. We value ourselves according to what the world labels you and what the world thinks of you. You know what? And, 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 and that's a very dangerous place to be. If you value your worth according to what people's opinions and other stuff, it's a dangerous place. The performance mirror. In other words, my value depends on what I can do. I shared with you last week that we have a, a great worship team up here. They come and sing and they, and they play their instruments. And, 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 and they do a great job of playing their instruments. And guess what? I, I can't sing. And, and certainly I can't play an instrument. I can beat the drum, but I ain't going to sound pretty. But that does not bother me. In the slightest, because my self-image and self-perception is not built on what I can do. Too many of us allow our self-image to be determined by what grade we get, what our level of education is, how much money we make, or how far we have moved up the corporate ladder. But there is a great danger in that because there's always someone who is smarter than you, makes more money than us, and who is more accomplished than us. You know what? You cannot base it on what the world thinks. You got to value what, what's important to you. And that's what people struggle in our society today. If you don't believe me, watch Instagram, watch Facebook, watch TikTok. You know what? The pressure of the world to, to be like certain thing and, and, and have more hearts, more likes, more followers, and so on. Because they get caught up on what they can accomplish. You know, it is a lose-lose situation. And it's always destroyed you if you fall victim to it. You know, my value depends on what I can do. You know what? I mean, oh, I have given up. I have gave up to be an Olympic figure skater. It ain't going to happen. But, I mean, oh, there are other things that I can do better. That I, I, I'm not going to value my life on something that I know it's not me. And that's what the pressure of the world tries to make you believe. And, and, and that's what even this generation today, the, the, you know, everything you see on, on, on social media, how I many know half of that stuff is not real? They got filters that make you look good. You should follow Eric's Facebook. He has hair and long hair. That's not true. It's fake. Let's move on. Let me move on. The, the, the status mirror, my value depends on what others think of me. My goodness. When I speak, of, when I speak neg negatively, negatively about myself and part of, or, you know, or put himself down, it's usually because it is feeling incompetent or, or unimportant or uninvolved. And usually they feel they, they, that way because someone told them that you know a lot of people when they pull themselves down it's because they've been told 
you're not valuable, you're not good. It might be their parents or their spouse or their peers, but someone has told them that they were ugly or fat or stupid and that, and that memory has become embedded deep, deep within their minds. And of course, there are times when no one told them these kinds of things, but because, but, but sometimes has think, things have happened to in their life that makes them think that way. Now, if you were looking through the distorted mirror of status, your self-image will be determined by whose company you are at any given moment. In other words, you, you value yourself according to you, who you're hanging around with. And if you think the person approves of you, you will feel good about yourself. But if you think they disapprove your, your self-image, you will go out the window. You know what? Because sometimes we get so caught up on what, what people see me, how they value me by the way they treat me, by, by the way they look at me. You know what? You know what? So, so I'm going to hang around people who always talk nice about me, you know, and make me feel good. And you, know, you know what? And because that makes you feel good. But I mean, you know, that's, that's not the way it works. You need to value yourself. You know what? It's not what they think. It's not what he thinks. It's what you think about yourself. You know what? I, I am, listen, I'm a good-looking guy. If you don't think I am, I'm still a good-looking guy. To my, to my wife, I'm the best look. I'm better, best look, better looking than Tom Cruise. Am I? Of course. <laughs> but how many know that's the way it should be? Not according to what other people view us and what other people think. Because if we allow that mindset to creep into our minds and our lives, it starts affecting your self-worth because you think you're never good enough and valuable enough and, and wonderful enough and smart enough. It starts affecting your walk, even with your walk with God. You know, how many know the older, the older you get, the, the, less, the less you care about what people think about you? You know, when you're younger, you worry about everybody's opinion, everybody, how people think of you. You know what? The longer I live, the older I'm getting, I give a rip what you think. I, I don't care what you think. You know what? I'm going to do what's good for me, what's valuable for me, and, what, and, and what's going to help me. Because sometimes, you know what, how I many know you in this world, you ain't going to make anybody or everybody happy. Somebody is always going to be mad about you. No matter what you do, they're going to get mad about you. And, and you, get, you get to the point that you just don't care no more. And I mean it in a nice way. Because, you know, you realize, hey, this life is valuable. This life is precious. I only got one chance in this world. And you know what? And, and, and I can't waste my time worrying about what you think and what, sh what I should do. You know, and, and we need to trust the Lord. You know what? Facts, fact is until we see ourselves as God sees us, we are, we, we are, we are destined to feel inferior. Until we see ourselves as God sees us. How does God see you? 
See, when we base our self-image on how we look, how we perform, on, on what others think of us, we are setting ourselves up for failure. Hello? If you are basing your life on what other people think of you and how you're supposed to perform or on what you, you know, others think of us, you are setting yourself for failure. You are. Because we are basing our self-worth upon a false system of measurements. It's like measuring your height with a scale or, or measuring your weight with a ruler. You cannot possibly have a good self-image until you are use the right standard of measurement and the right standard of measurement on is how God sees us. Not on how the world sees me, but on how God sees my life. You know, that's... That's what we need to please anyway. We need to please him. We need to please the Lord Jesus Christ before we please the world. And, and, and what happens is when we try, we try to please the world first so we can, we can fall in place to, according to the world. But then God plays second fiddle over here. But that's not the way it works. God should be first in my life and then the world falls according to what God wants me to do. We treat it the other way around sometimes. Let me show you real quick. This is what we left off last week. Three keys to biblical self-image. I promise you that if you will take these three keys and apply them to your life over time, you will be completely victorious over the self-image problem. If you allow the biblical instructions from the Word of God and allow the Word of God to speak to our hearts and get deep in our heart. You know what? You know what? You're going to realize that it is what, what God has to say is more important than what the world has to say. Self-image. Biblical self-image. Number one is, is understand God's view of you. What does God think of you? Have you ever wondered about that? Now, what does my boss, not what my boss, my, my husband, my wife, kids, fellow church members or friends think about me, but, but what about God thinks about me? You know what? I think sometimes we don't stop and recognize, we don't stop to take the time to realize what does really God thinks about me? Because you know what? Because sometimes we find ourselves so consumed and so and so worried and, and so you know occupied about what this around me thinks about me, you know what, and 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 and, and how I conduct myself and, and how do I do business and so on. You know what? What what really matters is what, what does God really think about my life? The Bible says this: God made you in his image. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Let me read it one more time. It says, so God created human beings in his own image. What does God look like? Well, God, God looks like Leon. 
God help us. God looks like, God looks like brother Eubank. God looks like, you know, like Eric. God, you know, because we're creating his image. We're creating his image. And the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. If you are made in God's image, yet you have, and yet you have a bad image, self-image, you also have a bad image of God. If you're created in God's image and you have a bad image about yourself, guess what? It's going to affect the image you have with God. Now, I'm not trying to make things worse for you, but, but, what I'm, but my, my, my contention is this. An experience that those who don't view themselves in the right light also have a tremendous struggle with relating to God. People who struggle with themselves, seeing themselves, have a, have a problem sometimes with this up here, going this direction with God. Because when, you, because when your view of self is in conflict with what God says about you, your view of God is also in conflict with what God says about you. Your view of God, you will struggle with that. Yourself in the right light, you will be unable to relate to God in the right way. Let me sh- when God made you in his image, he was creating a person with intelligence, a spiritual nature, with abilities, talents, and personality. And while we are not God, listen to me. While we are not God, we are made with many of the same characteristics and personalities traits as God himself. If we are created in the image of God, a lot of those creativity, a lot of those characteristics, you know, personalities from God are in, in, our, in our lives as well. See, God, God loves you for who you really are. The Bible says the Lord does not see things that way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart or inside. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that God does not value or sees you or accept you or welcome you according to your status, according to what you look on the outside, you know, according to what you have, what you possess, or if you were born on the right side of the tracks, you were born in this neighborhood. You know what God does not, what God looks is what's inside of you. That's what matters to him the most. He doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what nationality, what, what ethnic group you are. What matters, he looks inside of you. He looks at the heart. That's what matters to him. Do you think God really cares whether you are, you're pretty or not? Do you think God somehow, somehow your worth in his sight is determined by eternal experience? He thought that was funny. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. While others might make judgment based upon your height, your weight, looks, or other externals, God is focusing intentionally upon what is taking place inside your heart. Thank God for that. 
You imagine only short people are allowed to go to heaven. All the tall people will be left behind. I mean, being tall is not normal. Just kidding. But ain't you glad God has in view us that way? God has in view, according to your, your status, your height, and whole, he views the heart. The Bible says God takes us, take up residence in you. I'm trying to hurry. You know, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and, and was given to you by God? Do you not belong to, your, to yourself? For God bought you with his high with a high price you so you must honor God with your body God literally lives in you if you have placed your trust in Jesus Christ he lives in our heart this doesn't this isn't the same symbolic thing taking care of taking place of somehow were were to ask God for his address you know you know he will give you your name because you know what God, we know where God lives? God lives in your heart. And God lives in your heart. And God lives in your heart. You know where God is? God is in our hearts. God has made you his masterpiece. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Think of yourself, think of yourself as a used canvas for a moment. God, the master artist, took some divine paint, removed it, and, and, through the, and through Jesus Christ has wiped the surface clean. He removed every sin, every bad experience, everything that made you feel impure and ugly inside. And then he began repairing your life with the a, with a brushes of sacrifice, love, and commitment, and adoption, his family. He, he now puts you on the display, sits back to look at, your, at you with the eyes of the most accomplished artist. And he says, you are my masterpiece. That's who you are in God's eyes. You are God's masterpiece. He took you when you were down and broken and nobody wanted you and the world have kicked you around. You know, you tried this and you tried that and nothing seems to work. And then you found Jesus. And Jesus picked you up and, and he gave you a new start. He gave you a new beginning. When, when the world meant for evil, God turned it around for a beautiful thing. And now you are here in church sitting, listening to the gospel of Jesus Christ because you are his masterpiece. You are a new creation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Ain't you glad this morning that you are saved this morning? That you have a relationship with a living God this morning? Woo! My goodness. The next thing real quickly is this. Believe God view is true. And, and how would you respond? If I ask you this question, do you honestly believe that God likes, likes you? Not just loves you because theologically God has to love you. If you can with all honesty say, yes, I know that God both likes me and loves me. You're well on your way to a healing your self-image. 
The problem is that you can hear a message like this and start feeling better about yourself. But tomorrow, but tomorrow morning there will be that temptation to go back to where you were before. You can feel good this morning. You can feel encouraged. You can be, you know, uplifted. But what about tomorrow morning? The Bible tells us, for if you listen to the world and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Now, this passage has a little different context than what I'm looking at today. But the principle is, it still applies. We need to not only understand that God is saying to us, we need to believe that what he's saying about us is true and act upon it. And what is really coming down is a matter of faith. I'm going to believe what God is saying about me or what others says about me. And I'm going to base my self-image on what God has revealed or on what I've come to or what I've come to believe about myself by using a false system of measurements. Now listen, the two things that will give you the ability to have the, the faith necessary, it is time spent with God in prayer. Spending time with God in prayer. Ask him to reveal how he feels about you. And time in his word, reading the actual revelation he has given. In other words, for you to overcome that, you got to spend time in prayer with God. Praying and seeking God. You're going you're gonna to have a different perspective of yourself because the more of God you put inside of you, guess what? The less room for the world there is. Because the more you meditate, the more you spend reading the word of God and allowing the spirit of God to fill every chamber of your heart and pushes everything of the world out, guess what? You're going to start seeing yourself differently. You're going to start valuing yourself differently. You're going to realize how important and how valuable and how much he loves you. Not of what the world thinks of you. The next thing closing is this. Discover the real you. Discover the real you. If you have been living under the illusion that you are unloved, unwanted, and not a, not a value contributor, contributor to this world and to the church, it's going to take a little time to overcome that. Because if you're walking around like Charlie Brown, that nothing's right, everything's wrong, you know what? It's going to take time to change that mindset. It's not, it sometimes doesn't happen overnight. We think people just change overnight. Sometimes it's a process. Sometimes it takes time to overcome. You know what? Especially when you have been bombarded and you have been spoken to, you've been told all your life this or that. Guess what? It's going to take time to change. Discover the real you. In other words, give, give others what you need. The Bible says in Luke 6, 34, it says, give and you will receive. Now listen to me. This is important. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shake it together, make room for more, run it over and pour into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. 
Now, how many know we have, we have heard that scripture many times? In this context, Jesus is also is talking about forgiveness. And really any other positive thing that you can grant to other people. Why not spend your time encouraging others in the area of their giftness and self-image and trying to lift them up to a new level? If you seriously do this, you will find that your own self-image will begin to grow and you will be encouraged in a way that you never experienced before. In other words, have you ever tried to encourage somebody else? You know, it's so easy to talk negative about people. It's so easy to put down. But if you struggle, listen to me. I don't, I don't know who I'm preaching to. I don't know who I'm talking to. But I'm telling you, if you struggle with self-image and you start pouring out to somebody else and, and tell them how wonderful they are and, and encourage other people, guess what? You're going to find that encouragement come back at you. What you do for others, God will do for you. And, and when you struggle in life, man, encourage somebody else. Tell them, thank you. I appreciate you. You're wonderful. You're valuable to God. You know what? You, you're the most wonderful thing in this planet. You're the best thing I've ever met. You know what? Yes, whatever. Just tell them wonderful things. When you start doing that, guess what? It's going to start affecting your life as well. It will come back at you. It will, it will come back and reward you. Use your God-given giving gifts and talents. There are certain things. There are certain things that you can do better than anyone else. Everyone else is a 10 in some area. And you probably already know what the area is. The Bible says in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. I mean, none of, us can, none of us are good at the same thing. Some of you are good at different things. I can't play the keyboard. I can't sing. I can't play drum. But I'll tell you what, I can do other things. You know what I mean? We all, we all have different talents. Whether we have different gifts. Imagine if we all play keyboard. There will be 100 keyboards in here. We're doing the same thing. How boring would that be? We're the church with a keyboard talent. You know, we're just, we're just a bunch of keyboards playing together. How boring would that be? You know, we all have different gifts and different talents, you know, I mean, I, you, I speak Spanish, I can, I know, Gloria al Señor, Jesucristo vive en esta casa, Gloria, Amen, Taco Bell, you know, uh, no, I do speak Spanish, but, but how me know that we all have different gifts, we all, we all don't have the same gift, he goes on this passage to list various gifts such as prophecy, Serving others, teaching, encouragement, generosity, leadership, and showing kindness. Now, this ain't, this ain't the, the exhaustive list of, you, you know, that you don't, you don't hear your, you know, your gifts. Don't, don't be discouraged. This point is this, point is this and, and you discover your truth, self-image. When you begin to use this gift that God has given to you, because the only thing you will fully live out what God, God has created for you to be. You know, that's what he's saying. So in other words, you, you do what you're good at. Different as a, as a congregation like this, a church like this, and they're watching online. Listen, we all have different gifts. We all have different talents. 
Some of you are great ushers. Some of you are great greeters. Some of you do great help in, in, in on different, you know, helps of ministry of the church. Some of you are great teachers, great preachers, great, you know, great, you know, uh, musicians and so on, singers. You know, we all have different gifts. And what is that gift is? Is to accomplish something great for the kingdom of God. It made me think like those wonderful cowboys last night. Man, they, they work together. They want that game. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Praise God. God, you know what? That's that's what it's all about. Okay, that didn't go very well. But how do you know we're a team? We're a team in the kingdom of God. We are one body with many parts in the kingdom of God. Some of you are at the armpit of the church. I wouldn't name names, but, 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 but we all, some of you are the forehead, some of you are the eyes, some of you are the hands, some of you are the feet, and, and so on. We are the body. Listen, you're stopping. I don't know what you're thinking. Stop it. We are the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We all have different parts, but we are one body in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have that gift in our lives. Let me close with this. I want, to, I want to end with a story that should help us wrap all this together. In a cup of coffee at the Soul Cafe, Leonard Sweet tells a story of the making of a film by two Leonarders. In 1971, they began to film Street People. The film captured the daily rituals of homeless their trials, their joy. Some were drunk, others mentally disturbed. Some were articulate and others unintelligible. One of England's leading composer, Gavin Breyer, agreed to help with the audio aspect of the film. During his work, he, began to, he, be, he, he became aware of a constant undercurrent of a sound that appears whenever one certain homeless man was filmed. At, the, at first, the sound seems like muted, garbage. But after removing the background noise, Briar discovered the old man was singing. singing. Briar learned that this beggar didn't drink or socialize with others. The old man was alone, filthy, homeless, but he also had a sunny demeanor. What distinguished him from the others was his quiet, quiet singing. He would for hours sing the same thing over and over. The man's weak voice was untrained, but it never wavered from pitch. The pitch, he repeated the simple phrase of the song over and over. One day at the office, the composer looped together the first 13 bars of the homeless man's song, preparing to add orchestration to the piece. He left the loop running while he went downstairs for a cup of coffee. When he returned, he found his fellow workers listening and sobbing silence, and a few were even weeping. The old man's quiet, tremble voice had leaked from the recording room and transform the office floor. Here's what he sung. The words to an old hymn. Jesus' blood never failed me yet. 
never failed me yet. Jesus' blood never failed me yet. There's one thing I know, for he loved me so. Do we have that video clip? Or that sound? There, just turn it up. Jesus' blood never found me yet. This one thing I know, for he loved me so. Jesus' blood never found me yet. Never found me yet. Jesus' blood never found me yet. This one thing I know, for he loved me so. Jesus' blood never found me yet. Never found me yet. Jesus' blood. Never found me yet. This one thing I know, for he loved me so. Now, most people will look at this old homeless man like this and wonder how he could possibly have a good self-image. But he has come to a place where old image are shattered and new image are created. He has come to the cross to Jesus' blood and discovered that God has proved that he was worth much in his eyes by sending his son to die on the cross for his sins. While everything external cries out loser, the cross proved that he was a winner in God's eyes. You see, he did what we all need to do, come to the living waters of God's grace and be made whole. The blood of Jesus Christ changes all of us. It doesn't matter what the world view us. What matters is that we are a new creation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Here are these homeless men singing about the precious blood of Jesus. He is on the street and he found that his self-worth image is more valuable than what the world thinks about him. My friend, when we catch that view, listen, you can live in the most, oh man. You can have it all and still have nothing. You can have it all and have nothing. Here's a man that has nothing and has it all. Because you know what? It's not based on what, what people think. It's based on what, what I'm worth on the Lord in the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get up on your feet this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As, as we dismiss here in a few moments, why don't you just bow your, bow your eyes for a moment. Just close your, close your eyes. Bow your heads for a moment. Say, Father, here in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you this morning, 
that if, if you, if those who are here this morning, they might need, they might need a breakthrough in their, in their lives. Maybe they feel like they're not worth enough. Maybe they're struggling this morning with their self-image. And, and the world has a way of trying to discourage them and, and to tell them that they're in good. Maybe you're watching online right now. Maybe you're watching this in the middle of the night after work. And, and, the, and the devil's telling you that you ain't good enough and you ain't worth enough. And you, and you fall into discouragement. And you fall into depression. And you know what? And even maybe suicidal thoughts have come in through, your, through, your, through your mind. You know what? That is the lie from the devil. You know what? You you are worthy you are precious you are valuable to the Lord Jesus Christ and don't settle down for what the world thinks of you what matters is what God thinks of you and he thinks that you're wonderful he thinks that you're worthy he, he, he he's crazy about you he loves you just the way you are listen you don't get clean to come to God you come to God to get clean a friend you don't have to be perfect just come as you are to the Lord Jesus Christ and find the hope in Him.